listening to The Martial Brain, the podcast that explores the intersection between the martial arts, science, critical thinking, skepticism, and that wacky organ that floats inside our skulls in a pool of cerebral spinal fluid, making life unpredictably inspiring, infuriating, and sometimes just batshit crazy. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. Authenticity, inauthenticity, and the martial arts. Part 2. Last time, I discussed the way that people can misuse language when they talk about other people that they don't like, or of whom they are jealous. We humans, after all, being status-seeking monkeys in shoes. I spoke specifically about the way the words authentic and legitimate are often used in such discussions and especially when talking about people who practice the martial arts. Today I want to broaden this discussion and look at how such language is used when talking about martial arts styles and instructors. Okay, so what do we mean when we call a martial arts style either inauthentic or authentic? Pardon me while I wait for the cacophony of the sound of multiple cans of worms being opened to dissipate. Okay? Those of you who know me know that I think that the very concept of martial arts styles has caused as many problems as it has solved in the history of martial technology. When the style operates simply as a program, a well-thought-out and organized structure for the training of a martial artist, well, I'm all for that, especially if the program has a good track record. But humans, being creatures that are inherently drawn by their very genes to form quasi-tribal loyalties, frequently succeed in turning these logical training programs into carved-in-stone, nearly religious orthodoxies, complete with many of the features of some religions, like sin, heresy, and excommunication. Debate over the authenticity of such styles can be as pointless as theologists arguing over how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. Okay, so what about a martial arts instructor? I think in this case the words legitimate or illegitimate might be more often used than authentic or inauthentic. The word legitimate might have a more legalistic definition than authentic, meaning literally legal or legally correct. So is there such a thing as a legally correct martial arts instructor? How about a legally incorrect one? I live in the USA, where the study, teaching, and practice of the martial arts is virtually unregulated by the government. On the other end of the spectrum, other countries heavily regulate the teaching and practice of the martial arts, especially totalitarian governments. I wonder what Bruce Lee thought of that when he was growing up in the British Crown Colony of Hong Kong. The extremely totalitarian People's Republic of China was right next door and Mao Zedong, its founder, was still alive and running things. And its government was incredibly heavy-handed in its regulation of the practice of martial arts. Anyway, in a strictly legal sense, you might consider a martial arts instructor who has been licensed by the government to be legitimate. But at least in this country, when you hear some version of the statement, he is not a legitimate martial arts instructor, 
I think we're back in the neighborhood of the interchangeability of inauthentic, illegitimate, and so on. Of course, another definition for legitimate is that of having been born of legally married parents. I think this may be closer to the way Americans mean this when they discuss an illegitimate martial artist. Sometimes, an advanced student shows a great deal of promise, but at some point begins to butt heads with the instructor, perhaps disagreeing over a technical point, or whether a drill is practical or useful. Such a student could simply be in the grips of self-delusion, but many times the instructor is feeling threatened by a talented protege, and through his behavior drives him to rebel, or perhaps even to leave the academy altogether. In any case, if such an advanced student leaves the academy before being certified by his instructor and starts his own training group or academy, many people will label him as illegitimate, a martial arts bastard, if you will. This brings us to a term that is often used when discussing this question of legitimacy in the martial arts. That term is lineage. For example, my Brazilian jiu-jitsu lineage goes as follows. The founder of judo, Jigoro Kano, trained Mitsuyo Maeda, also known under his fight name as Count Coma, who emigrated to Brazil and taught Carlos Gracie, who in turn trained his son, Carlson Gracie, who taught Ricardo de la Riva, who instructed my teacher, Marcelo Montiero. Yes, I know. Those are some formidable progenitors for me to try to live up to. So what does my inclusion in this lineage say about me as an instructor? Does it mean I'm a competent instructor? At a minimum, what it means is that Professor Marcello, for some reason, saw fit to promote me to black belt with red panel. Now, in BJJ, that red panel signifies an instructor. In essence, by doing this, he was giving me his blessing to teach his curriculum. So while I think it's safe to say that having a high-quality lineage certainly does lend an air of legitimacy, of authenticity, to one's martial arts instructing resume, does that mean that the reverse is also true? That having trained under a less-than-high-quality instructor automatically makes you less legitimate, less authentic? Well, as you would probably imagine, I think the answer is no. Quite a few great martial artists have come out of mediocre schools. Here's another problem with relying too heavily on lineage when judging authenticity. So long as each and every instructor in the chain does a great job of rising above the normal human propensity for playing interpersonal politics, then lineage can be a truly reliable stamp of quality. But it's often the case that instructors play politics with who they promote and who they don't. As I mentioned before, sometimes the best student in the academy has a personality that doesn't mesh well with that of the instructor. And of course, this frequently leads to a gifted martial artist quitting or being thrown out of the academy. If that gifted martial artist then goes on to open his own gym, he will forever be branded by some as being a renegade from his original style and instructor. Is this young instructor in question not qualified to teach the martial arts at all? Or should he simply not teach the martial arts under the name of the style or the academy that he left? This gatekeeper feature of instructors and lineage has distorted more than one thread of martial arts history. So we finally come to my point. 
This is to consider what many of us are actually saying, in my opinion, what we are really getting at when we broach the topic of authenticity and legitimacy in the martial arts. The qualities we use these words to describe, the confidences we hope to either undermine or inspire, must also be carefully examined. Being status-seeking creatures, when we find ourselves in a situation in which we don't like another individual, it's often not enough for us to simply state or feel that we don't like them. We frequently find it necessary to say that they are guilty of one sin or another and then bemoan the fact that no one is doing anything about punishing them for it. Sometimes we throw around highfalutin words like inauthentic or illegitimate to distract attention away from the fact that we are simply jealous or biased. Anyway, that's what I think. But I could be wrong. Let me know what you think. And check out old episodes of the Martial Brain Podcast at my website, rpmartialarts.com. I'm Jeff Westfall for the Martial Brain. The Martial Brain is produced by Raging Squirrel Productions in association with the Rising Phoenix Martial Arts Academy. If you like the podcast and would like to help it grow, go to iTunes or Stitcher and give it an honest rating and review. Contact me with questions about the Martial Brain or about the Rising Phoenix Academy at my website, rpmartialarts.com.